Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Beyond Your Best Plan. Today I have with me Catherine, Sarah, Kathleen, Claudette, and I am Whitney. We want to thank you for being here. And today we're going to be talking about leadership, which means we're going to be talking about you because we're all leaders. You know, leadership is about influence and impact. It's not about a title. It's built on relationships with yourself those you lead, and those not yet ready to follow you, literally and figuratively. As I said, we're all leaders, but that doesn't mean we all lead well. We let the past and how others treated us keep us from being the unique and authentic person we were created to be. And we let the unknown future put fear in us that tells us that we're not quite ready ready for your life, ready for your purpose. You know, we're not here to live someone else's life. So the resistance, the obstacles are simply feedback to explore who you are and how you live your life. And that's leadership. How do you do it better? Be a better you, and then you will be a better leader and the best you and leader you can be. So ladies, I said, we're all leaders. How are you leading in your lives? I think you said it perfectly, Whitney. Be better you. You know, one of the first things I wrote down as you were speaking, and what a great opening, just got my brain going. But I wrote down leader of myself first. One of my deepest passions and missions is to be the best leader I can possibly be. And I have a true vision that I visualize this person that I am becoming and that I am and I'm becoming because there's always growth and development and betterment, I believe. And a couple years ago when I really started, when I made the decision, I'm doing Fit District no matter what, the, the next thought was, I got a lot of work to do on me. This is a major, major endeavor. And the level of impact that Fit District will create takes me leading myself first. And there was a lot of healing, development, growth, learning. There, There's a whole path to that. And like I mentioned, for me, it's a never-ending journey. But that was number one for me. Uh, was leading myself. And, you know, I started that journey really with, and it's it's been a constant journey, really looking back my whole life. I've always had a, just an intuitive sense that there was more and that I want, always wanted to be more, no matter where I was at in life. Like even 
really dark times in my life, I always felt like there's more to this and there's, there's more to be and more to give. And so I've always sort of had that naturally inside of me. And really the last couple of years, I've just, you know, really stepped in and up to um, bettering myself. And it started with a uh, Unleash the Power Within event with Tony Robbins. And I got really clear on, you know, what I needed to do, like the healing that I needed to do, you know, within my own family unit, because there was resentment and animosity. And I feel like part of leadership is, you know, releasing a lot of that stuff, that personal stuff, because it will hold you back as when you're leading other people. So, you know, that was a big area that I dug into. It didn't have anything to do with business, but I just knew like this was an area that needed some deep healing and growth because it was holding me back and I could feel triggers that spilled into my personal life and into my business life. So I think it always begins with us leading ourselves and then that trickles into uh, the people in the world. I couldn't agree with you more. It, it, it starts with that self-awareness, right? That in order to be the leader that I want to be, I have to be the best person I can be. And, and taking the time to develop yourself, recognize that feeling uh, was needed. And I love what you said, that you wanted to be more and want it more, be more, even in the dark times, right? That you know that th- that this is not the way it has to be. And you can do something else, but you don't sit and wait for that to happen. And yeah. the, the thing that I see that makes us leaders is that we're setting examples for other people of mm. how they can uh, move through the things that they're moving through, right? That it's not about business. It's not about your job. It's not about a title. It's about the example that you set and the sort of the legacy that you leave for other people so that they know they can do it too. I love that you brought that up, Whitney, because that's actually the example that I was going to use, you know, when you were talking about leader and I could always come back to how I lead, but my mind instantly went back to who have been the leaders in my life that really had the biggest impact on me. And both those who led in a way that fostered and encouraged growth and in confidence and those who led in control and dictating and manipulation. And so when, you know, when I was a legislator, I had two chairs, I might've had more than that, but I had two chairs that had big impact on me. One of which led from manipulation, control, a little bit of sliminess, a little bit of really trying to get me to do something that they wanted versus what is in the best and highest for all. And that taught me a lot. That taught me where I allowed that to happen a couple of times. Actually, the third time I had a very clear conversation with this particular chair and said, never again will that happen. And yet it also led me to really appreciate the next chair that I had. And that was Tom Little. And Tom Little led 
the landmark legislation of civil union. He had the task to respond to a ruling, a court ruling on we had to give rights and responsibilities to uh, gay and lesbian couples. That's how it was worded. And what Tom did was really led from compassion with providing information, with hearing. He listened. He honored. He spoke back what he thought he heard from us. He led from a place from his heart and his soul and used his intellect to provide what was necessary for us to have the information for all of us to make the decisions that we needed to make that was in the best and highest. He also shared his perspective, but never, ever pressured. And that really taught me so much about how you lead and progress into the two secretaries that I can think of when I was the government relations and for the Agency of Human Services. There were two secretaries that I can think of that were really impactful in my life. One led with dictating, controlling, I'm going to say it, demeaning kind of you're less than and I am and you will do what I say. And again, it, it really taught me a lot about what not to do. And then the, another secretary, you know, Patrick Flood, I want to give credit to where credit's deserved. And Patrick really embraced me. And where I had opportunity to learn and to grow, he voiced those opportunities in a very compassionate way and in a way that would say, yes, I understand your point of view. And have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Why don't you go ahead and go back and do additional research and, and forget some, gather some more information and then come back to me? So it was really about embracing the being that I was and also fostering the growth that was necessary. So when I see myself as a leader today, those are the kind of leaders that I want to become and be. And I feel like that's really what I'm doing is where you listen with your open heart, you encourage growth, and you always or I always hold compassion for all no matter where they are. And sometimes you have to step back and get back into your heart to do that. So all such good nuggets in there, Kathleen, you know, you talked, you started with, you know, talking about looking at the examples from your life, right? The people who had the biggest impact and, and, and modeling the ones that have done it well. You mentioned, you didn't say the word specifically, but you mentioned manipulation. Manipulation is not leading. Right. Wielding your power, you know, like a, you know, with like a machete in the jungle, that's not leadership. And that is, you know, there may be a place for that in some aspects of life, but that's not really leadership. And so I, I am, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but my training, my formal educational training around leadership is Jesuit based and it's based in exactly what you said in love and compassion, right? It's about listening. And I wrote down everything you said, or, or almost everything you said, listening, honoring people, respecting them, right? And leading really from your heart and your soul, 
because it's not about making people do things. It's about helping them to understand how their choices move them where they want to be. And so growing, helping them grow and lifting them up, such great just examples of how people can lead, how they can do that better. I love that, Whitney. And just to, it's such a beautiful point. It's not about making people do things. It's about encouragement and really helping people see like an even bigger vision for their life, right? And, you know, like, what does that look like? And how can what we're doing together get you there, right? And elevate you to that step. And Kathleen, I love how you shared like modeling And finding great mentors has been such a key part of my development. And that's exactly like modeling is a huge part to growing in your leadership, finding great leaders out there and also leaders that you don't think are so great because you learn like knowing what not to do is so powerful. And thank you for sharing that Kathleen, because there's so many great nuggets in there. Patrick pointed out something to me that didn't feel good, you know, the secretary flood, you know, in a personal way. So what, when I talk about a leader in a professional world, it's also personal, you know, he never once not asked how my family was or, you know, like he brought in that personal aspect and, you know, he was also a parent of a teenage boy who played against my son in basketball. And I spoke a lot, you know, I, I cheered Logan on and I also pushed him verbally in front of everyone. And Patrick actually spoke to me about that. Now it didn't feel good at the time, but he said, listen, you can't do that. You're putting too much pressure on him. And if you want to support him and encourage him, then do that. But really, I just encourage you to support him in a different way. And I went back and I really took that to heart. Like I knew he wasn't judging me. He was sharing information that was critical to the success of my son. Ultimately, the success didn't work, you know, the way I wanted it to work. He's not here any longer. And he helped shift the way I responded to my son in a pretty drastic way. So I, you know, what they offer is not always comfortable. It's not always what we think is right. Yet I really encourage you to go back and sit with it and see what nugget you can pull from it because it can make you a better person. That is such a good point. It, you know, it, uplifting people, empowering the people is not about coddling them right? It is about pushing them out of their comfort zone. That's where growth happens. So you have to be pushed and, and sometimes pulled, right? I call it, you know, sort of the dichotomy of pushing and pulling, and there are times for each. And so it, 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 that becomes one of those things where it's not a one size fits all either. And the way you lead one person may not be the approach that you have for someone else. Just like you've got different people that you listen to or follow, and they're not all the same. Sometimes different people impact you simply in different ways. So good point. 
I used to lead from what I call a bitch perspective. (laughs) And I realized that it was me trying to prove myself and constantly trying to prove myself that I was a leader and you just need to do what I say. And it was also coming from a perspective of being very impatient with people. I would understand something fully and not understand why someone else didn't understand something fully. And that was leading from ego. Okay. And any time you lead from ego or, or what I call the bitch perspective, you literally are leading as if you were a three-year-old. Okay. And you're not expanding anything. You're contracting everything. And so as I begin to go on the inward journey of finding out who I truly am and facing perceived weaknesses, which actually are just things that we believe that aren't true. It's not even a real weakness. And as we get truth on that and we start to unwind out of that, I begin to lead myself first. I was like, if I can lead myself and if I can lead myself with grace and love, then I can lead others with grace and love. And as I begin to gain confidence in who I was as a person and become solid in who I was, I no longer had the need to prove myself or control others, you know, um, because I can remember when I was leading and I would control things because I had a fear that everything was going to fall apart, you know, especially when you're a business owner. And I've had things fall apart and it's not as bad as it seems. <laughs> Like it just isn't. And I survived it and I grew from it. And so now it's, I lead through inspiration and grace. And if I can speak to someone's soul and heart and inspire them to rise up and lead themselves for that day, for that task, for that project, then I would have done my job, you know? So Are they better off that day for having interacted with me than if they had not? Are they better for it? And I think a big thing about leadership is, you know, a lot of people don't understand how to ask for what they need. A lot of times they don't even know what they need. And so the best question that I can think of is, what do you need from me that you have not asked for? I give Alison Armstrong credit for that. I studied under her for a whole year and she's amazing with communication between men and women. And that's a question that she said to ask. It doesn't mean you're going to provide for them what they're asking for. Just what do you need from me that you haven't asked for? I will let you know if I can provide it because ultimately as a leader, we want to provide what our team or what our friends or whoever, what they need, if it will cause joy and success for them. And so ultimately we want to, it's just a lot of times and people will go, I have no idea. I go, you know, just think about it, feel into it, whatever. If it's a man, think about it. If it's a woman, feel into it and let me know what that is and know that you can always ask for what you need. Another question is how do you like to, to be shown appreciation because I've had people do things for me and it, and I'm grateful for it, but it's not how I like to be shown appreciation. 
So now that I've grown, I appreciate it because I go behind, I, I go and feel into the intent of what was done. But for a whole team, how did they like to be shown appreciation? So I remember when my team told me we'd love a, a massage every now and then. So I bought 50. Yeah, at the time there were massages for 50 bucks. So I bought gift cards for $50. And so top producers would get a gift card for $50 for a massage. And so they could decompress and de-stress. So it's just asking, how would you like to be shown appreciation? So I think leading starts with you as a person. We have to take a really good look at, do we have a need to prove ourselves or not? Do we have a need to have our way? Now, you do have a need for the business to be successful or there won't be any team or employees or the event or whatever you're leading, your family, whatever you're doing. But there's many ways to get there. And so many times, just speaking of the end result and asking, let's have very clear, measurable goals and end results. Here's the steps that I would do to get there. You may vary in these steps as long as the end result is what is required, right? And then you're giving people room. And then I go, and if you come up with a better way of doing it, let me know. Now you've unleashed everybody to use their imagination and maybe do it better than you would have. So I, but lead from love, lead from grace. If you're feeling the need to control, go back in and see what you fear that causes that. And really look at that so you can remove it. And just, you know, the reason why someone needs a leader is they need to learn. So don't be impatient. Because if you show that love and that grace, you could end up having the best situation ever and bringing out the genius in someone else. So that's, to me, how you lead. So good. So good. I I love the acknowledgement, right? This self-awareness that there was an attempt to try to prove yourself, to prove you were worthy, right? To prove that you could lead and that you were not only capable, but deserving of that. And I think all of us, if we stop and look at those examples of people who behave from a bitchy perspective, as you put it, from the ego, uh, being impatient with people, if you look at them you'll see that what's really driving that is fear and a lack of confidence, right? It's a bravado that tries to mask over that. So if as you are taking uh, stock or inventory and looking at yourself and, and those are behaviors that are happening, you know, like Claudette said, start to ask some questions, get curious about what's going on with you, that that's the way you are manifesting how you are interacting with people because, you know, you may get some things done that way, right? People will do things because they're afraid of you. People will do things because they don't want conflict, but that's not leading. And so, you know, ultimately being a leader at least in, in my perspective, is is about people who will come willingly along with you, right? They will walk the journey with you because you make them 
and I think Catherine said this, you, you make them see themselves in light, in life, in a grander way, in a bigger way that they wouldn't necessarily see it for themselves. So, And I just love, love, love this topic. Such a powerful topic that's needed to be discussed. Claudette, you referenced questions and really leading through the question process and Kathleen modeling, you know, modeling what others created success and what felt good for you to receive, right? And Catherine, you definitely mentioned the self-work that has to take place inside to become the leader for ourselves even. And, And Whitney, you spoke to the heart of it and to love through the process. And And in leadership is the ultimate loving of others. And I want to take it back a little bit where a hundred years ago, let's put ourselves in 1921, we were headed into the Great Depression, you know, and men had a certain level of hierarchy in relationships and leaderships. And as time progressed over that last hundred years, we had a movement of women stepping up and women becoming leaders. We're in a very, very special time of just creation in general. Even if we look back a thousand years, leadership is changing. And we have what you guys named today is the power of new leadership that's evolving and that we are all creating amongst ourselves. This isn't the leadership of 25 or 30 years ago. The leadership of 25 or 30 years ago was definitely lead, follow, and get the fuck out of the way. That, I'm going to say it, sorry, don't mean to be so blunt, but that's, I read that statement on a wall over and over as a child. So it told me that I either needed to step up and it's a little, that's a little forceful, right? It's a little aggressive in its tone. And what we're experiencing is a change. We've said enough is enough. We're not being led that way any longer. And these are the proper ways to move forward. And also leadership is not just about owning a business. Leadership, like you guys have already described, is starts with yourself. And how are you leading your day? How are you leading yourself mastery in becoming the best leader that you can show up to be? And whether that's leading your children, leading your household, leading your community, leading a thriving business, leadership starts every day for every one of us. I also think there was an old story that we were told not everybody was leaders. Well, yes, we are. And the more that we can acknowledge that we are all leaders and that we all have a responsibility and we can all grow and show up as leaders, the more that we'll move and evolve together as a world of people that are leading each other in the right direction with love, right? Uh, You know, we're just such a powerful moment that we're experiencing. And as I grow in my leadership, um, I am with you, Claudette. I think that you and I match and mirror a lot. I definitely had the bitchy leadership. I grew up with two male influences as my guides. So I had a lot of male masculine energy in my leadership. I had very little patience or room for tolerance. And 
I am no longer that person. I have become a completely different leader. And I promise you, I'm getting more now than I ever, as far as results go in my team and or the people in my life, as I become a better leader and I step into my own leadership, everyone else is falling into place. And to your point, Whitney, becoming the leader that people want to be with, that people need, because you're encouraging them to grow. You're encouraging them to find the leader within themselves. It's a question I ask my team on a regular basis. How are you showing up as a leader for your clients this week? Mm. What the heck? Wake up, show up as a leader. Where are you in that process and teaching them to own it and teaching them to be the best leader in that real estate transaction because that's what they're being paid to do. Sarah, I love that you brought up all of that because the first thing that came to mind after everyone was talking was I had a female secretary in the Agency of Human Services and she led in the aggressive way because she had to prove herself to be worthy to be there. Now, as I look back now, I know that all of us have led from that masculine point of view of, but not because it's masculine, but because we were taught that there were limited positions for females in those top leadership places. Therefore, we had to fight our way and fight against, per se, other females rising to the top. So I really want to just speak to the fact that, or point out that women are leaders every moment of every day. We're leaders, like you said, Sarah, in our families, in our, in, in our community. We're leaders in our relationships. We're really, we're leaders. And it's not just women, but specifically, we haven't really talked about how women have had to fight their way to the top. And so that's what we thought. And when I, I I had applied for a particular expense from this secretary, and she denied the expense, and she was a tough one, and most people didn't dare to go up against her. Most people, when she said no, it's no, you do not ask again. Claudette, you mentioned this. Ask for what you need. Ask for what you want. And I said, okay, you denied my expense. I went back and did every bit of research I could do. I came up with the entire spreadsheet on what I felt was important information that she was lacking by making the decision she'd made. I set up an appointment. I went in and I said, I realize most people don't come back and ask for a second chance, but I'm here because I think it's important for you to know. And I laid it all out and I said, I hope that you'll reconsider your decision. Not going to pressure you, but with this additional information, I really do hope that you'd be willing to pay for this expense. And it was an education expense for me, is what it was. And she thanked me in the end for having the courage to come and sit down and present additional information to her that she did not have. And she ultimately paid for that and never questioned another educational expense for me again. My point is women come across as being bitches, as Claudette said. We come across as as being aggressive because we've had to prove ourselves over and over and over again that we deserve to be in that position. How about I invite you as the leader that you are, specifically women, I know there are men watching, but specifically women, how about I we invite you to shift the way you approach your leadership, 
know that you can own being there. You deserve to be there just as much as anybody else does. And you get to foster how you want other women to come up and lead after you're, you've moved on. So as we get ready to wrap this up, um, I'm going to go ahead and ask, I'm going to take that as Kathleen's final word. It was powerful. Claudette, you were going to say something, your final thought on this. Yes. So we always say things that could create a whole nother podcast, (laughs) you know, but on the tales of what Kathleen said, shift, it really comes down to certainty and uncertainty. And everyone receives you solidly if you are certain in the position that you are in. And everyone doubts you when you are in uncertainty. And so that's another opportunity to look instead of blaming people for not understanding you or whatever. Are you in a place of clarity and certainty with what you're presenting and how you're showing up in the world? And so, you know, that's another way to lead yourself because this whole beautiful world is a mirror that reflects to us what is in us. So I will stop with that. I love that, Claudette. And kind of in that line of leadership, it's alignment, right? I say this on the show all the time. It's my favorite A word, alignment. Leadership, whether you're leading a business, your family, a movement, whatever it is, it's alignment. And being in alignment takes realignment, which takes uncomfortable conversations sometimes. I see it all the time with leadership. They fail because they don't want to confront, or you can use the care front word, and it takes confronting ourselves. It takes confronting our team, which is really an act of love and truth. So I see this all the time. Most of the, I'm going to focus on business right now. Most businesses fail. 96% of businesses fail. And I'm convinced one of the main reasons is we avoid the difficult conversations. We avoid firing the people that don't belong there. We don't do it quick enough. So part of leadership is making the really tough decisions and having the challenging conversations. If you shift the perspective, maybe it's not challenging. What if it's not challenging? What if it is love? And what if these conversations align with purpose and mission that's bigger than any one person? I would just love to remind everyone who's listening to find the most minute ability to lead in the moment and be present and think about who are you showing up in the grocery store line? Are you engaging that person and leading in that moment? Are you loving that person who's serving you? Are you leading in a smile to a stranger? Are you leading your personal mastery enough that when you show up, you show up with your highest and best self in every situation and become present, not away in thought, not on the phone looking at something, but present to that moment. That's leadership. You guys, you 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 do me proud. I am full from this conversation. 
I'm not going to say I'm surprised because you guys are amazing, but the depth to which you see this and Sarah, I really appreciate you, you know, taking us on a little bit of a history lesson with this, right? And remembering that this is a progression. This is a new way of looking at leadership. And when you started talking, I said, I wrote down, this is not your father's leadership, right? This is not the way it was done. And so for some people, it's going to rub you the wrong way. And, and women in particular, who have, as Claudette and Kathleen have pointed out, use the scarcity and, and lack of what they have thought was available to them, to us, what we've used that in stepping into the business world, trying to do it the way men have done it, right? Using that masculine side. When we are leading at home, we're doing it just fine. And then we try to do it a different way. And it creates, as Catherine was said, a misalignment, right? There's, and so then we start to have conflict internally. And we start to have resistance and something doesn't seem right. And we can't quite put our finger on it. And so I'm going to say, after you've done the work, after you've asked the questions, after you've gotten the truth of who you are, to be strong in that truth. And then just trust. Trust that you have everything you need to be who you are and to do what you've been called to do so that you can be the leader that even you would follow. So we want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond Your Best Plan. If you've got a comment that you'd like to share with us on leadership, your take on leadership, we would love to hear it. We invite you to join us for conversations on our Facebook page, on the Instagram page. And again, thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Your Best Plan. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.